0: Welcome to Wood Talk, for Woodworkers by Woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who, if combined,
1: would make one hell of a woodworker Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 353 for January 30th, 2017. On today's show, we're talking about glue line seams, dowels versus floating tenons, and a sawmill CNC router conversion. Uh, Now, if you want to help out the show, you can. Just head over to Patreon. That's really the easiest way. Patreon.com slash Wood Talk. And there are a bunch of different levels that you could uh, sign up for. And we really appreciate the support. And these folks did just that. Uh, let's, uh, Let's see who we have here. Dixie. Oh, this is great. Uh, you didn't catch me on this one but I'm going to say it anyway Dixie Normus uh, James <laughs> Elliott <laughs> Tony Peterson John Balance uh, Hadas Hada Mazelski uh, Andrew Hansen, John Thompson Paul Lyons and Stephen Caperton so thank you so much we really appreciate all that support folks you, uh, you make us feel good about doing the show I can tell you that especially when you make those goofy names I love it, and I did that on the fly. I actually noticed that one. I was not completely oblivious this time, so pat myself less, on less the myself learning. on the back for that one. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, yeah, so that's so all. Patreon.com slash woodtalk where you can find all that information out, and we certainly appreciate the support. So let's get right to the stuff, the stuff and the things. Uh, this is What's on the Bench where we talk about the things that are on our bench, what's going on in our shops, and uh, for me, I just finished up the grandfather clock which might sound crazy since I technically finished that up a couple months ago, but it's, it's been sitting in my living room with no doors, no glass installed oh, in the doors. So I, I ordered the glass before I left and actually traveled with it, so it was all wrapped up in blankets and uh, you know fully It's only eighth inch thick. It's, you know, it would break very easily. Um, so finally, Nicole was just like enough, Mark, let's, let's get this thing done. Put the doors on. I'd like this clock to be assembled so I don't have all this crap sitting in front of it. Uh, So I did that and um, I even had like everything was ready to go. So I had the glass, I had the little strips, the glass stops to hold everything in place. Um, So I finally did all of that and even recorded it. So even though I kind of put closure on that project and just basically said, here's what you would do for the glass, I can't install the glass because I don't have it yet, that type of thing. Um, I'm actually filming it and adding that to the project series, which is kind of one of the cool things about something like You know, something that we set up like the guild or, you know, certainly in a hand tool school. If you have something that you could add to the conversation, like three years later, you can actually go and film that and say, oh, hey, guess what? Subscribers of this project, here's an update, you know, so I'll be able to do that. I've done that a few times. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a nice surprise for people to see that kind of like you remember how I talked about cutting dovetails yeah I don't do it that way anymore right <laughs>
0: that way still works but this way's better yeah
1: I mean, that's the thing it's all a learning process so if you have something that's changed dramatically why not go back and, and let everybody know about it um, so, so the question
0: is if that's been sitting like undone without a door and a glass have you had it up on center blocks too just to
1: be fully <laughs> oh yeah yes wow. of
0: course that's because that's just <laughs> basically did your grandfather clock look like Matt's backyard
1: yeah <laughs> not quite it wasn't quite that bad what is, what is, I got all this car uh, car horn beeping going on behind uh. me here. Um, all right, so yeah, not as bad as Matt's. And the other thing I got done was, actually I didn't do it, I just wrote a check, the garage door tracks <laughs> that I was getting taken down, uh, those are finally taken down. It, it did cost me 150 bucks, you know, and for just taking things down, that kind of hurts a little bit, but ultimately I just don't want to mess with those garage door springs, uh, yeah. that, that's just not something I want my hands or face anywhere near so <laughs> having a professional remove them so that nothing gets damaged including me and this way if I need to ever put them back up I have everything fully intact I've got all the hardware and everything I need but I'll tell you those tracks like I mean I, I realize it but sometimes you you get used to them being there and once they're gone it's like oh my gosh there's just so much headroom that just didn't feel like it was here before from those tracks so the motors are down, the tracks are down, and the top part of the door would have kind of flapped backwards because part of that track was removed, the part that would hold the top piece in, Uh, so we were able to just kind of secure that to the framing, so everything is just stuck, the doors are in place, and now if I want to, I can kind of build sort of a frame around those doors, insulate that, and then have a wall that I could, you know, build stuff onto or put uh, cabinets on and stuff like that, so super happy about that. The garage is just uh, really coming along and and totally looking like a shop now
0: that's awesome i've contemplated taking those tracks down so many times but yeah since it's only a single car garage then like there's no door anymore
1: yeah yeah but But man they've got those overhead options though like have you looked into the overhead ones where it just kind of rolls up above the
0: door yeah um just cost prohibitive ceiling,
2: ceiling height probably
0: well, there is that too. Like I don't have that much ceiling height and it didn't have the same. Now maybe they've changed, but it didn't have the same R values because insulation was so key for me. Yeah. Cause that was like what was keeping my shop so dang cold. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know whether it's practical in my particular case.
1: I'll deal with it somehow. <laughs> You'll get along <laughs> somehow. Well, if you can ever get it out of there, it's very, very nice. I have to say,
2: Um I'm actually like lately I've actually been considering getting rid of my doors. not like, getting rid of like the traditional garage door style doors mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I kind of find them but ugly and I kind of want to replace them with some kind of like carriage door kind of thing yeah yeah and I think that'll look a lot nicer and that I won't have those stupid rails in the ceiling anymore either yeah so I like, like that
0: <clears throat> I actually priced doing almost like a barn door type thing just on mm-hmm. regular hinges and um, it would require quite a bit of like reframing around the door. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing that, frankly, that I couldn't do myself, just as long as I had all kinds of extra time. Um, but yeah, I was going to about triple the the cost of putting in a new garage door Jeez. with the existing tracks and stuff, but it still may be an option just because I I'm with you, Matt. I don't actually like the look of garage doors. I would rather yeah. have that. You know, and you can put those like faux hinges on the outside, like the barn hinges to make it look like that.
1: <laughs> right. But I can tell. Like, come on. But I'm guessing oh, uh, neither of you guys too. have a have a wonderful HOA to deal with. Oh, I no. do.
0: But it, I looked into that as long as it looked the same, as long as it were painted like the same. And yeah, oh, okay. they didn't care. Yeah, it was fine.
2: Okay. Yeah. Oh, my doors, you can't see them from the street anyway. So I don't go. care. But yeah. they'd be like nice wood doors. If I would make them, they'd be like, I don't know. What you would call them, but yeah, you know, wood. See, I would if Sweet, I did giant, that here, doors. I
1: might be able to do some really big wood doors, and then make the the functional door still work, but be a little bit more like well insulated, or maybe just have like a passage door through it. I could probably pull that off, but I would have to do all of the doors. Like I wouldn't be able just yeah. to just do one and mm-hmm. leave the other ones mismatched, and you know, because that would look like uh, you know, just Matt's look backyard. Like, it would look like yeah, Matt's yard <laughs> with stuff on cinder blocks, like a Sanford and Son uh, backyard. <laughs> So.
2: <laughs> I'm glad there's like a continual bit that we go back to now. <laughs> it's true, and yeah. and probably
1: the show title at this point. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's good stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's about it for me. Feeling good. Shop's coming along. Uh, what about you, Matt? Tell us about the awesome. tell us about your junkyard.
2: Speaking of my backyard, I uh, cleaned it up a little bit this this week. Ooh. I was CEO. Um, I was at the computer for like Monday through Thursday, and on Friday I'm like, you know what? I don't really feel like sitting at my desk all day again. <laughs> so I spent the afternoon outside uh, milling up a few of the smaller logs I have sitting in there in the driveway because I'm getting so sick of looking at them. That those logs are sitting there. I'm like, I kind of want to get rid of this pile. So I milled up a few of them. Still have a bunch more to go, but at least I got rid of some.
0: Nice. Which I'm pretty excited about. Cool. That's actually kind of cool. Like, you've got a backyard workshop, you know, for whatever <laughs> you want to call it. And then, like, the <laughs> workshop workshop. Because there it's are times... Insta-way. You know, when you're sitting in your shop and it's like, I kind of, or sitting at your computer, it's like, I kind of want to do stuff, but like, I don't want to do anything in here, you know? Um, And that's when I head to my backyard and play with my bungee lathe. But I still keep thinking about like putting something else, like a workbench or something. And sometimes I just need to change a scenery. Yeah. Um, So that, that's kind of cool. I, I envy that, that you've got like that other, that other side of your woodworking, <laughs> you know? Let's go make wood, basically. Not we'll make, not make wood just smaller project. pieces. <laughs>
2: This project won't actually, actually be in the shop for another like two years, but let's start it now.
1: <laughs> well, I imagine, yeah. too, it's one of those, like, once you get your cut lined up and everything is secure, you're just kind of pushing things along. And it, it seems like one of those things where you could just listen to podcasts or music and you're getting stuff done, but you don't have to, like, you don't have to have 100% of your brain on it. Or am I wrong? Is that something that, like, you're, you're constantly vigilant as you're making these I don't cuts?
2: Know, I'm, I'm still pretty vigilant because I'm still so new to that machine. i are getting used still, to it. so new. yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm still watching that thing to make sure things are actually, like, not about to break okay. or fall off or whatever. Yeah. So, I'm a little more vigilant with it now. But, oh, that's what I was going to say. So, I'd always, I'm always amazed, like, when I post something, like, how much people hate or how much effort people go through or, like, people ask me to go through for me to, like, do less physical work. So this, so this week I put I took the handle, the the crank off of the winch, and I put a drill on it because everyone's like, you can just run it with the drill. I'm like, okay, well, I used to do this with a chainsaw and it was a lot more work, so we'll do that. And then people were like, I would just weld some stops on there, so like you're not fighting the torque of the drill the whole way. Like, okay, (sighs) all right. When does this end? and like, you got going to put power feed on there sometime. Yes. yes. You do. You do realize
1: at some point it's just easier to go buy this stuff, right? Ah. You know, right. like you want to really take it to the easiest level. Just go buy it.
0: Just, just make an app. Just I'm make like, an I app just, for
1: that.
2: I yeah. just kind of want to get outside and exercise a little bit. All right, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's let Matt so do funny you say that
0: because <laughs> I'm actually kind of in a, in a similar thing. Um, I, I posted a, my shop update this week and, I actually took a suggestion from a YouTube comment on, on a way that I can improve something. And I was like, hey, you know, that's kind of a cool idea. And in the back of my mind is thinking that may or may not work. So I tried it out and it didn't work. And I have been getting <laughs> comment after comment after comment about ways that I could make the setup work. <laughs> and I just kind of took a step back and I was like, you guys just need to, to suggest like here, here's what I was trying to do. And yes, it was an easy way to cut a dado. And then I showed, here's how I do it. And it's actually really quite efficient. And then these guys are like, now add steps one through eight. And then now do this. Now apply this. And then, you know, tweak that and play with that. And I was like, at what point, man, when, when you, you get the, what is it? The, the element of certainty, you know, when the setup is just right and you can, as Mark said earlier, kind of disengage and just run stuff through, mm-hmm. that's nice and everything. But think about the amount of time and effort to get to that setup. It's like, at some point, it just becomes not worth it. Yeah, You know, there there is something to be said about, or in Matt's case, just doing some physical work. And in <laughs> my particular case, just rely on your skill a little bit. You know, I mean, line some things up, tap the fence with a hammer a little bit, and then just go to town. You know, you don't necessarily have to rely upon repeatable stops and all these different depth stops and setups and all this stuff. Sometimes it's just a matter of cut the line. <laughs>
1: No, so I think I've, some people are there for different reasons. You know, there are people who geek absolute. out, they geek out on the process and perfecting the process, you know, to the point where maybe our, where our sites are set on maybe that finished product. You know, we just want the best result we can get and we want to improve our skills at the same time. So we might not put too much effort, um, but everybody kind of enjoys this stuff in a different way. So I yeah. don't know. It just, so it's know. the kind of person that really enjoys
0: building like this totally tricked out Jake. Yes. You know, with every single possible thing, you know, I see that a lot in shooting boards. This shooting board can shoot the bottom of a boat, can shoot right. a skyscraper, or it can shoot <laughs> a drawer side, you know, all three, just, just change this little dial and you're on skyscraper mode, right? You know? yeah. It slices, it dices <laughs> pretty much ah. and made by Ronco, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. All
0: right. Well, uh, Matt, or I guess you're done. I'm going to, if not, I'm just going ahead. You well, I think right I, I don't. That's about it for me, I guess. Yeah. All go right. Ahead. Um, I got back to uh, work, I got seriously distracted on that bookcase and everything, got back to work on my uh, my blanket chest and was doing cross grain moldings this time, which was kind of nerve wracking because I put so much work into the lid of this chest, not only molding the front edge and then the breadboard and gluing up and like I put a huge amount of effort into getting just the perfect like grain match so that they are three boards, but yet it's a totally invisible glue line. So lots and lots of work's gone into this. And it all comes down to the fact that those breadboard ends come through and interrupt the molding on the front edge. Mm. So I actually need to cut that molding into the ingrain of the breadboard edge. So I'm cutting directly across the grain and of course coming out the end. So it's a major, major like spelching concern, just blow out that end and mm-hmm. screw everything up. And I got to say, it it's rare that I actually get nervous anymore because I've, I've screwed up enough stuff and figured out how to fix it that I'm kind of not that you're ever like, yeah, whatever, I'll be able to fix it because there's some things where you're just like, oh, crap, <laughs> like I can't fix that. I need a new board. But I was really nervous because I've put so much effort into this top and I essentially had to carve it. I started working with the the molding plane and, you know, got it really, really super sharp and I was working from the outside and to control the spelching and it just wasn't cutting the way I wanted it to. So before I knew it, I'm like grabbing carving gouges and I just carved the molding in place because I, I felt that that was the least risky, uh, um, operation, least risky process for that. And turns out it was really fast Like I, so typical in one of those things where you're like procrastinating on a certain part because I don't want to screw it up, don't want to screw it up. And then you do it and you're like, what an idiot I am. Like I've been putting this off for literally like three weeks, you know, finding excuses to do other things. Oh, I'm going to go work on that molding. Oh no, I'm making a shooting board that shoots skyscrapers, you know, (laughs) cleaning up the shop, putting nails in the wall to hang a broom and crap like that. And literally about 90 minutes of work all told, i Carved all four sides, gotten cleaned up, scraped them, got them finished ready, and the top is done. I was like, you, you're, you're a moron.
2: Like, <laughs> you're a nanny. Yep, you put this off. Expert yeah. correctionator.
0: Absolutely. I'm nice. really good at that. But yeah, it was, um, it was good. And I'm really glad to have it done. Um, but yeah, at no point was it like, oh, this is a risky cut. Oh, hold your breath. Hold your breath. I was like, no, it's pretty straightforward with carving gouges. As long as they were sharp, it did a great
1: job. So, nice. Lesson learned. Cool sounds good all right so let's get into our what's new stuff and um ooh, who put that one there you want to grab the first one
2: uh matt i can do that this is from kyle it's a season seven of rough cover tommy Mac he has been posted online uh in this season he's building a new two-story shop on his property the episodes take us through the building process and shop design it is a little different from digital projects but well produced oh that's interesting actually huh. So, it out. isn't that that's, he did
1: that's the new season, right? That's a pretty fast turnaround time to, to put that stuff online.
2: Is it? Cause I'm pretty I don't, sure. I, don't, I guess I don't follow closely enough to know what season they're on now.
1: I'm assuming it is. Well, here's the thing. I know just by watching his Facebook page that he just built the shop. That's right. a good point. So if the, if the show is showing him <laughs> building point. the shop, it has to be pretty damn new. Um, but that's yeah, a f- this, the air date on seven Oh
0: one was October 7th. Uh, Oh, that's just when they were posted, I guess, because they all say October
1: 7th. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: But still, I mean, I guess they've been up for a while, but you're right. Yeah. I don't get rough cut. Well, I don't have TV cable anymore. But mm-hmm. uh, even then, even when I did, uh, my local PBS didn't carry it. So I kind of like lost touch with the show. I'm embarrassed to admit I didn't even know any of the seasons were online, but
1: or. Are they not? I don't know. I I haven't kept track of it either. It's good though. Uh, It's good that they're available, especially since PBS is not something that everyone can easily get. And then if you get it, it doesn't mean that they're going to air any particular show at any particular time. So,
2: like season six is up there too right now. There you go. That's good. There goes all my time and productivity.
1: Yeah. There you go. Spend all day. You're going to come back on the next show and be like, hey, who's better than me? Who's
2: better than (laughs) me? Nobody.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It looks like uh, seasons one through seven. Full episodes available. Oh, that's that great. Out. Smart. All got, right. Got something new to stream into the shop. I like it. That's right. You're up, Shannon. Yeah. Uh, this one is, uh, something <laughs> stop looking at pictures here.
1: of Tommy. Let's go. <laughs> I know what you're doing over there. Tommy.
0: Um, I get, I get asked a lot about, um, <laughs> wow. He's blushing oh. now. <laughs> uh, Anyway, (laughs) back to woodworking talk. Oh, Oh, (laughs) jeez. That one, too. Next Shannon's
2: next shop update, the poster of Tommy Mac. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't
0: that be awesome? Yes. (laughs) Do it. Oh, Tommy. You I'm know really like, I don't fan. listen to this, but if you do, send me like an autograph photo,
1: man. I will hang it in the shop. Tommy's busy. Tommy's light way too side. busy. Yeah,
0: I'll blow it up. I'll blow it up to like <laughs> disturbing proportions, creepy proportions, Cre- pix-
1: <laughs> totally pixelated proportions.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Avatar at three thousand pixels.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, I get asked <laughs> questions a lot about um, design, like un- identifying different. Um, Furniture styles, you know, what what makes uh, Queen Anne, what makes Chippendale, what, you know, different aspects of arts and crafts. And like, do you, are there any particular books and stuff for that? And usually the answer to that is, yes, here's a list of 300 books. Um, mm-hmm. But there is one in particular that I have kind of an old uh, leather bound copy because I'm kind of a big deal.
1: You have many, many leather bound books. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm it's just, called the practical
2: call different copies. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> just, just one book. <laughs> Oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> the with, uh, with, uh, autographed photos of Tommy inside each one. That's right. Uh, anyway, this is called the practical book of period furniture. Um, oh shoot. I don't remember who wrote it, but um, it's some weird name, some weird name, uh, Harold Donaldson, McClure Abbott, something like that. But uh, it's just a, a really good kind of walkthrough of, William and Mary are actually Jacobean. William and Mary, Queen Anne, Chippendale, and different uh, periods of Federal, and lots of good line drawings, lots of photographs, fairly easy to read. Well, I just discovered that it's available fully online at uh, archive.org. So once again, uh, the hardbound copy that I have, the fine leatherbound copy I have, <laughs> is just you know that I, I don't think I paid much for it at least this time. But you can find it for free in a digital format, um, and it's it's a really good. Resource. If you just want to understand the different stylistic elements of, of period furniture, so mostly mm-hmm. 18th century, early 19th century furniture, we're talking about.
1: Nice, but you don't get the smell on archive.org. No, that's true. And this book <laughs> definitely has a certain
0: musty, or the pages with Tommy Mac signature. It's a musky odor to it. Ooh,
1: what's coming? we far now, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. We probably could go a little more. further. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's get into our kickback. Uh, I Got one here from Mike. Now this is this is a long voicemail, and I'm playing it because he's very complimentary of us, and he also mentions that he left a kickback in the past that we didn't play. And uh, I don't Skype messes up sometimes, so who knows? It could be a technical thing. I know I didn't hear what he says, so uh, I give him the benefit of the doubt. But this is a three minute voicemail. It's almost like the Mike Show. So uh, sit back and listen to the Mike Show. It's pretty good.
3: Hello, with Talk Online. How are you guys doing? Congratulations, I think, is in order to Matt, Mark, Shannon. Um, congratulations, Mark. Your new house in Colorado is awesome. New shop, new stuff, getting set up. Shannon, let me come back to you in a minute. Uh, Matt, <laughs> congratulations on the band saw mill, but uh, most importantly, congratulations on your new little one. It's awesome. Got a uh, two year old, two and a half year old myself. Um, so, yeah, uh, what that's like. But anyway, uh, Shannon, uh, congratulations on getting your first project done for the year. So, uh,
0: ever. First one ever. Anyway,
3: I was uh, wanted to give you guys calls because I left you guys some kickbacks a couple of weeks ago. It did not get played, so I don't know what to do it. Did it not come through? Um, anyway, the, uh, the the root of it was you were talking about the, the feller um, – Combination, table saw, everything, and someone was asking about a sliding table and, you know, would never cut rough cuts. Sorry, would not ever. Matt, please uh, edit this out so I don't sound like an idiot. But
1: anyway. <laughs> do uh, that, oops. Matt. <laughs> yeah, so yeah I can read on it.
3: Cutting rough, rough cutting, cutting rough stock table saw. <laughs> really having a
1: problem <laughs> with it. I love it. Yeah,
3: so not good to rip that, but cross cutting. I mean, they did it in that. Uh, the seller commercial, so I see no problem with doing that on a sliding table. And um, I know some guy was, was kind of asking about that. So I just figured I would uh, throw that out there that if, as long as you're using a sliding table, I see no problem cutting rough stock on there. If, if there is something wrong with that, then please let me know. Um, I mean, I've, I've kind of done that before, and I've never had an issue. Um, well, I've never done a sliding table, but at least a cross-cut sled. But anyway, uh, so I want to get that out there.
1: All right, so we're two minutes into it. There's a minute left. That was his point. Is He's asking if it's okay to cross-cut rough lumber. So we can quickly answer that because there's still a minute of goodness to listen to. But uh, <laughs> I would say, yeah, generally, as long as the piece is secure- And that once you make that cut, it's not going to like fall down. I mean, you have to do that. You have to be careful with that Uh, if you're using like a miter saw or something to break down rough lumber too. So as long as it's immobilized, I don't see any real major issues with rough cutting uh, or cutting rough lumber at the table saw with, you know, some sort of cross cut or sliding setup, especially a slider Uh, that that Mm -hmm. that's going to keep it nice and secure. Um, So yeah, that's at least my opinion. You guys agree with that? Yeah, I don't I, think I don't so. think we I don't think we recommended against that. I think we were primarily talking about rough cuts at the table saw with regard to ripping.
2: Yeah, same kind of thing. As long as it's secure, like the only thing I can think of is if your rough lumber has like a bow in it and you put that bow against your fence and then you you're like holding you're pulling that <laughs> board towards the fence to hold it there, you get the last little bit and then all of a sudden it kind of all Clug. tips in because you're yeah. you cut that curve out. That's the only like thing. But if you know it's there, you can kind of see it coming and not put so much pressure towards the fence or, shim no it
1: or something or, or yeah. flip, flip the board the other way. <laughs> so that works. So yeah, there you go. Yes. Yeah. flip the board the other <laughs> with way with that. Yeah. Okay. Just um, as
0: long as you recognize the result may not be square. Yes. Like,
1: it, it will, yeah. will not be square. You may have square. to make that cut again later. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's rough. So you would think yep. they're going to clean them up later anyway. Okay. Let's finish this one.
3: And then, um, yeah, I think that was it, but, uh, just, uh, love you guys. You guys are awesome. I am myself going back to listen to all the older episodes, so it it is funny. Uh, Like one of your previous callers said about the whole iPhones and and all that kind of stuff. And you guys just, you know, figuring things out. And I'm like, oh, I know the answer. Are you a bunch of idiots? You don't know that? I really don't think you guys are idiots. But anyway, you you know what I'm saying. I think Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. I hope you know what I'm saying. Uh, Yeah, so uh, this is Mike T from Georgia. And I uh, just wanted to call and uh, tell you you guys are awesome. And uh, I'd give you five-star rating um, if I ever remember to go and do it. But uh, you guys deserve it. You know, you guys are funny. Um, yeah, I'm probably a nerd for listening to you, but that's okay. I mean, that's what I do. So, all uh, right, you guys take care. And Yes, Matt, please edit the crap out of this because um, I need it. Thanks. Appreciate it,
1: bye Okay. I'm glad I get,
2: I get credit for editing you this. You get credit for the
1: editing. That's great. And uh, I don't edit right, voicemails Marsh. anymore because I decided if I have to edit it, it's too long and I'm not doing it. So <laughs> I, just, I just felt like we just got to hang out with him. That's You know, it was, it, was, it was chill, you know, and I'm like, all right, he, I wasn't going to play it at first. I'm like, but no, he's got a good point and he's being complimentary and I want to make sure he has his voice heard on the show. But a three minute voicemail is a little bit tricky for us to do on the show. <laughs> Uh But thanks for that, Mike. We appreciate it, and uh, yeah, thank because you for- of that,
0: we'll only be answering one question today.
1: That's so it. If you have so a problem with that? Blame Mike. And <laughs> yeah. the self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> That's right. Okay, okay. Uh, let's move on with our kickback here. Um, I have one here from Jim. He says, "Hi guys, episode one of our show. He's talking about has a uh, date of four two two thousand seven. So for their one hundredth episode, the Making It Boys did a special show in Boston. What do you guys have planned for your tenth anniversary now?" I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say we are probably going to do another show. Yeah, most
0: likely.
1: <laughs> and then while I'm probably, probably going to eat dinner, kick. and then I will like most likely go uh, uh, put my kids to bed, and then go to bed myself.
2: I think we're probably going to record three shows, actually.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. that's true. We will uh, an email extra as well as a weekend show. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll give each other a polite handshake. Congratulations, congratulations.
2: A virtual handshake, and yes. then
1: we will be on a uh, into our well into our tenth year. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's a little hard, um, for all of us to kind of just drop what we do and and make some kind of um, you know, public event like that. I mean, I, I admire folks who can pull that stuff off, and I, I honestly wish I could have made it to that. But again, for the same reason why I wouldn't be able to do it for myself, I can't just go to Boston to to watch a podcast. Um, so it's it's a little bit tricky for us to do. We have talked in the past about the whole Wood Talk weekend thing, and that still, you know, could very well be a possibility. But the venue in the past was going to be my shop, and my shop is now very different than it was before. So I don't think mm-hmm. I can uh, accommodate the number of people. So you kind of are now limited to like, all right, well where do we do it? How do we do it? What is the point of it? Um, and I gotta be honest, <laughs> unless it's a local meetup, like I because I'm here, I don't think I'm ever gonna plan um, you know, that sort of event. I mean what they did, its uh, it, uh, to me I don't know that I have the time and ability to pull that sort of just, what largely becomes just a social event. Um, I don't think I am going to be. I would be able to put something like that together at this point in my life. I am just too busy, um, so I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we have anything planned. But the wood talk weekend thing—if there was a way we could pull something like that off, where it's more about you know education, demonstrations, and and walking people through processes and actually get digging into details and stuff—that might be worth our time to do. It's just a matter of again, when are we going to have time to do something like that? So
0: yeah, well, we've got what um, two months until april 2nd so plenty of time oh boy yeah the we fact that we,
1: well the fact that we haven't lifted a finger or even discussed this yet kind of gives you an idea of what we've got planned the initial discussion is on air <laughs> we just are just now having it, it. uh we're, so guys we're gonna do it at matt's
0: place and we're yeah. just going to stand around and watch outside. him saw logs
2: that's I yeah I we're just, room outside as long as you do outside activities i have room if you want to go in the shop good luck we'll play horseshoes and uh
1: See, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, when you look at the difference, what can you do other than a social event in something like this? Now, I mean, I say this almost contradicting myself, but before it made sense because we had a place. Um, Once you start to try to teach people things, and you have to have a venue, the thing just becomes a whole different element, you know. And you're talking about insurance and and getting a venue that can handle the amount of tools you need. It's a it's it's a whole deal. So, I mean, what else could you do but a social event?
0: Yeah. Beer and watching Matt saw logs.
1: That's it. Yeah, that'll be good. fun. I don't know. That might be interesting. All right. Well, <clears> let's, <throat> let's plan that. Uh, I'll see you in a couple months, man. <laughs> let's plan that. All right. Make, make it happen. <laughs> make it happen, man. Uh, so yeah, that's it. But yeah, I think, really, honestly, I'd rather just mooch off of other people's events. I think that's easier. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. have a meetup while everyone else is already going someplace for something. It's just easier to be like, oh, hey, I'll be there too. Look at, at let's are honest
2: about it. Yeah,
1: I'd just rather <laughs> mooch. You,
0: you know, the crazy thing is, is had Jim not put that um, comment into the form, because mm-hmm. I dropped that in there from the form, I would have not known. Did you guys have any idea that we were approaching a 10-year anniversary? Honestly,
2: I've only been on the show for a year. No, it hadn't
1: <laughs> even occurred to me. <laughs> I like, know. I know where I the Wood Whisperer is in our 10th year now. I remember that. And we're like, we have the 10th anniversary stickers and it's kind of a neat thing. We're not making a big deal about it, but, you know, it's there but i always remember in the back of my mind that wood talk started a year after uh, roughly a year after um the wood whisper so yeah it, i should have thought of it but it honestly did not even occur to me too busy doing other crap i don't know yeah and yeah, wood talk is think? like i don't know it's one of those it's one of those things like i don't want to it's it's we do it because we love it uh but i i don't know it's 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 not a primary thing for any of the three of us so we kind of don't think about it as much <laughs> we think about it every monday you know from, from right to, yeah start five minutes before we go on yeah and uh, i mean not to disparage it we absolutely love it but i think because we're so busy with other things we tend some of these details tend to slip past our consciousness uh but anyway thanks for that jim we appreciate it uh we'll you know we'll at least try to make it a very special show for our 10th anniversary at the very least um
2: yeah. all right matt oh, really? you're up all right. I'm looking forward to the show you have planned for me to do. Yeah, you won't be on it. So <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's special. Yeah, we're, have, we're, of, we're bringing we're the other mad back
1: show. <laughs> it's up to you to edit that show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, you good, finally yeah. get to edit. So <laughs>
2: pull your weight, man. Oh, it's going to be funny. Uh, I'll, I'll edit it. So it sounds like you guys both have bad connections. Oh, that's, that'll be good. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> really special show. <laughs> Uh, this next one is from Jeremy. It says, hey guys, on episode 352 you discussed fireboards trim and useful tips came to mind. I've done a boatload of trim over the pl- all, all over the place and despite my snobbiness, I prefer MDF trim in certain circumstances. When you have a particularly wavy wall of virtually any plaster wall, MDF contours to the wall much better than wood. This means less caulk and less work. Uh, I always try to get the chair rail and MDF." Uh, for that reason, since it's really obvious when the trim isn't sitting flat to the wall. Love the show. You guys have provided many hours of job site and shop entertainment.
0: Hmm. So, yeah, good to know. Makes sense. Hmm. That's a very good point. Very flexible stuff. Uh, this one comes from Steve. He says, on your latest podcast, you mentioned no woodworking in America this year. But maybe it would be good to mention that Fine Woodworking has resurrected their conference. Resurrected? Did it go away? Did I not even notice that it went away? That
1: was the question it. I had. I th- it did. So they really? would they skip a year? I think they skip a couple of years, actually. Really?
0: Yeah, Jeez. you know what? Now that I think about it, it's been a while since I've heard anything about Fud Wormer King We're so Live, oblivious so we sometimes. What are we doing, guys? I don't know. We're in time. no position to be doing this show. No. I
2: think Asa, Asa was still there when they did it last time. Really?
0: Probably, yeah. I think so, yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know. I just get the digital copies of the magazine and read them, and that's, that's all I do. Mm. Anyway. It's uh, April 21st to the 23rd at the Southbridge Hotel and Conference Center. Conveniently located minutes from Sturbridge, Massachusetts. Thought you might want to promote it, promote this since the other show is on an off year. Oh,
1: well, there we go. Well, there you go. So now it's Handworks hand and Fine Woodworking Live this year. Is there a weekend with wood this year? Anyone know?
0: There was last year. Wow. Probably.
1: <laughs> they haven't done one in 10 years. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Didn't you just go? Well, when is, wait a minute, because Handworks, isn't Handworks... In April?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna look all that stuff up right now. And it'll, it'll
2: be in the notes.
1: <laughs> okay, weekend yeah. with wood is May eighteenth, uh twenty seventeen. So they are having one this year. Hmm. And <clears throat> handworks holiday market. That's not the right one. Oh, it's um,
0: May May nineteenth through the twentieth. All right. For some reason I thought it was April. I was like, that's uh
1: also the overlap. So that no just, weekend with no, wood is no yeah, but weekend with wood overlaps.
3: Yeah,
0: Ooh, May
1: eighteenth to the twenty first is weekend with wood, and then May nineteenth uh, and twentieth is handworks. Well, I mean, at some point
0: it's going to happen, right? Yeah. I mean, you get enough of these things, and we throw a weekend our wood talk weekend in there. <laughs> you know, we're definitely going to conflict.
1: Well, we're going to do ours on uh, May twentieth. I mean, there we go. That's clearly the weekend everyone's <laughs> doing it. So, that's when all the cool kids are doing it, <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, you see, with the weekend with wood and handworks, you can hop between the events because I'm not far from each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's well, interesting in Iowa. stuff. I yeah. think
2: they're like two hours away. I, don't, I think Demai is like two hours from mm-hmm. I mean, Manicola, I think, something like that. So you mm-hmm. could hop back and forth
0: if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a business opportunity, Matt. You could have like a shuttle service. <laughs> <Or>
1: <laughs> a shuttle, shuttle service. This
0: yeah. is what I need in another beep, business. Beep. Shuttle service with complimentary slab. Oh. slab. <laughs> you could ride on the slab. There's a shaving in every seat. <laughs> it's yeah. great. It's like instead of hayrides, we just have a slab that you drag along <laughs> behind. No wheels or anything. Yeah, just, literally just get a
2: tractor it driving it around. That'd be great. That's, <laughs> that's surfacing. You know, Everyone's got a wide belt sanders. Drag your slab <laughs> down the asphalt road. You're good to go. What grid is that?
1: <laughs> that's very, very low. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's get into a voicemail. We only have one here. This one is from Nate, and he's got a question about a drawer stop.
3: Hey guys, this is Nate Collins from California, and I'm working on a cherry end table nightstand-looking thing I saw on somebody's Instagram feed. And it's uh, it's real simple, kind of modern design, just a box on some stick legs uh, with one drawer. And but the the back is open as part of the design, so the drawer will just fly right on through if you push. Um, so I've made this thing, and I don't quite know how to make the door, uh, the drawer stop, so it doesn't push through the back. Um, so I've come up with some ideas, but I thought you guys might have some brilliant ideas.
1: Thanks. Brilliant ideas, guys? Anybody?
2: Uh, I'd do a front mount. Bueller? A drawer stop.
1: Yeah. Probably. Under the
2: under the stops that the contacts the drawer front.
1: Mm-hmm. The inside of the drawer front, you're saying?
2: Yeah. I'm just try, It's hard to describe these things. Yeah. So it would be like a stop that contacts the inside of the drawer front on the bottom of the drawer. Right. So the, right. the stop has to be short enough to clear the um the bottom of the drawer the drawer bottom or right. whatever
0: it's kind yeah, of the only you can you can mortise it in place and it's like super secure and all that fun if stuff you want a mortise is glue right in
2: place right. Long, long grain baby <laughs>
0: I'm about I'm about quality craftsmanship Matt
2: oh, okay I, for, I always forget <laughs> well welcome to the show Matt Shannon <laughs> likes to make
1: things nice okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put it
2: off for three weeks before I get to more to sing that drawer yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah, it won't. Yeah. yeah, it'll be like Mark's clock. It won't have a drawer stop for a few years, That's and right. then you know, someday, you're like, oh, I'm gonna put a drawer stop on here.
1: <laughs> I'm curious with you the know? design though. What's the point of having it go all the way through and then limit it from going all the way through? I mean, is is the back ever going to be visible? Like, why not just put a back on it? If uh, or I don't know, maybe it's in a position where it will be seen from from the rear. So you want that whatever effect it's creating, you still want that, but you don't, you actually don't want the drawer to go all the way through.
0: Yeah. But then it seems like it'd be kind of cool. Like if it were meant to be like in the middle of the room or something, mm-hmm. it'd be kind of cool to make the drawers double sided. So it could be pulled out, you know, from either side. Um, but yeah, I mean not seeing his sideboard, who knows hmm. what he's talking about there. Yeah. Or just push it up against the wall. There's your drawer. Stop. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> push the drawer until it butts up against the wall and, you know. Put a, tip of, a can,
1: piece of tape across the back. That'll work too. There we go. That'll be fine. A bungee cord. <laughs> bungee cord. Bungee cord, right?
0: You can do what that you gotta way do. way you can get a cool little push it in and let it shoot out type thing. Yeah. That'll just turn into like a drinking game. It's
1: spring loaded, baby. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can get us on Skype and our username there is Wood Talk Online, or you can call us at 623 or send us a voice message from your phone's uh, memo app or whatever app you use for that stuff. All right. So Emails. Let's get into it, Yahoo, I got one here from Jacob. He says, oftentimes when gluing up panels, a month or more down the line after the finish is applied and such, I can feel a glue line. The two surfaces are still perfectly even. It's like a razor thin glue line that has swelled and I could feel just the glue at the seam. I heard it happens with Type-On 2 soon. Switch to Type-On 1 all the time and it still happens. All right, so Jacob, this is something that kind of happens Uh, you know, all the time, especially with like regular PVA uh, wood glues. They have this uh, property called creep and it seems that once you glue these things together, sometimes that glue line itself can kind of protrude from between, you know, the joint there. And uh, so my bottom bottom line here is it happens. There's really not a ton you could do about it. It's just the way it goes. And the way I'm going to make you feel better about this is by telling you a story. And... (laughs) Early on in my woodworking, I went to a place called Santa Rosa, California, and oh boy, uh, yes, it was uh, it was wonderful. And I went to visit.
2: How many year
1: was it? And what was the weather like? It was the spring, and it was beginning to uh, to warm up a little bit in Northern California. Uh. It was a great afternoon for a a nice cup of coffee in the afternoon. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, So I went to uh, I went to David Mark's shop. And uh, hung out with him for a while, and that was the first time I, I met him. But I was still in awe. You know, I kind of looked at him the way uh, Shannon looks at Tommy Mac. You know, a little bit of a man crush. <laughs> oh, and
0: boy. and uh, Slight, slightly awkward and a little bit uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, <laughs> might if I take some digital pics. Um, so I was in his I was in his house, and and at this point in my career of woodworking. You know, you kind of look at people on TV, and I'm sure this happens with folks who watch our shows, and you have this impression of a level of perfection that's achieved by these people because you're not actually there feeling the work or seeing it up close. You just see what the the you know video lets you see, Uh, so you might have this false expectation, and I I certainly did. So there were a couple of projects of his that I really admired, and one of them was his. dovetail jointed bench, right? So it's basically just the Asian inspired bench with uh, uh, two sides and a top and the joint between the sides and the top were these large dovetails. So one of the first things I did was run my hand across it And I immediately felt every one of the joints where the glue was between these pieces was protruding from the surface and broke the smoothness of the finish. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I didn't realize that this is supposed to happen. I thought it just happened to me because I sucked. And when I felt someone with the experience of uh, David Marks, when I felt his projects, it really made me feel better because I'm like, okay, well, if as much of a perfectionist as that man is, If he's letting this sit in his house this way, then this must be okay or this must be the expectation for what's going to happen when pieces of wood are joined in this way and you expect them to be smooth. They just don't stay that way. So that's my long way of saying it's fine there might be things you can do. There might be certain glues that might minimize this. Uh, certain things like in a cutting board, you know, if it's an grain cutting board, a lot of times I go back after, you know, six months or so once the, the board is just kind of acclimated to its new environment and I'll give it a light sanding and then put some more finish on it. That will actually help to reduce those, but you're not going to do that on furniture pieces. Um, something like a cutting board, sure, but not a piece of furniture. So it's generally just something you're going to have to live with, but uh, don't feel bad about it. This is what woodworking and furniture making is. I'm done.
2: That was good. That was a fantastic story.
1: You're welcome.
0: I was transported there.
1: Did you smell the marijuana and uh, (laughs) flowers of Northern California? (laughs) I do now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Did
0: you know, did you know that in the state of Maryland, marijuana is legal for medicinal purposes, but only if you smoke it. No, really non edible marijuana is illegal. Oh, that's weird. Did you know that the marijuana itself is not nearly as harmful as the actual smoking process? Oh really? Sorry. <laughs> right. This came up this is one of those conversations over dinner the other night. I was like, "Really? Like for real?" And like we actually looked it up. And sure enough, edible marijuana is still illegal.
1: So okay. That's kind of odd.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about no brownies. No brownies for us for our 10th anniversary.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Weird, man. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but all I right.
0: Mean, now everyone <laughs> thinks I'm a pothead. Apparently,
2: so. well, yeah, Doi. obviously, I did. Get Aren't older. you? Wait, I thought you were.
1: Wasn't he the one that suggested I put a greenhouse in my backyard? Yes,
2: yes he was. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just making sure.
1: <laughs> it's all consistent
2: now. Same, same exact guy. Yep, yep. that was him. <laughs> uh, let's see, this this one is from Phil. It says uh, Matt was talking about digitizing his sawmill and running it from his living room. It made me think of it. Maybe think it's essentially a three-axis CNC in its current form. Is it possible that further iterations could use the this framework and an Uber router turn this into a colossal CNC machine? Even if that is not one of the one of Matt's future goals of this build, uh, what would you do with a CNC of that magnitude? So um, <laughs> it's always fun when people like have these suggestions where it's like they can clearly see where I'm going with this thing, and that's exactly where this is going. Um, I do plan to convert that thing to a uh, like a c and kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I have the linear rail on there for the guide bearings, and that would function as the um the guide rail for the i guess it's, it's the y axis. I don't know. like depending on who you talk to, like the x and y axis can always be flipped around. So the gantry axis that goes across the mill would be running on that, and the z axis could either use the lifting screws that are right there. Or because I have so much height there, I could have the uh, Z axis on the basically on the spindle. Mm-hmm. But yes, the the, the the initial idea there was I could make a like a big um, flattening jig, like a big router flattening jig thing. Go on. Some music on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> am I imagining that? <laughs> like, am I having a seizure again. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Sanford and it's on music. Keep going. I thought it would be good while you're talking.
2: I wasn't sure if like like you were like, it came on accidentally in the background somewhere. <laughs> I was <laughs> I just, just, being, I just being subtle about
1: it. <laughs> so continue. Uh, this is, I just need uh, the steam uh,
2: music when we think about you working at your house. Oh, good, yes. Uh, I don't know what I was talking about. I was planning on making a, uh, a router flattener because I can really easily make a router mount for that thing, and the travel's already there, so I can flatten big, giant slabs or whatever with that thing. And um, eventually, I think it could easily become a fully functional CNC. It'd be a, was like a six foot wide bed by 10 or 11 feet long. I don't know what I would do with that, but you could cut a whole sheet of plywood pretty easily. Um, And I guess you have a lot of height. If you use the existing lift, I mean, you can with, I don't know, you probably get like five feet under the spindle. So, I mean, you could do something really, I don't know what you would do, but you could do something pretty big. Jeez. That's crazy, man. That would be nuts. I mean, all the, all the hard work's already done is now it's just, putting some motors on it. Yeah. And that's about it, really. Hmm. Good food for thought. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Plus, it's not going to go anywhere. It's so dang heavy. You're yeah. not going to have any, like, vibration issues or anything like that.
1: Cool.
0: I think I you should just put a log on there and have the CNC make, like, a canoe.
2: I could do that. Yeah. I could. Yeah. I mean, come on. Put a whole I log. Don't how, I don't know how much time to take to program that, but, you know... It'll probably be faster than carving it by hand. Could maybe. be. Could be. I know what. Shannon can come over. He'll carve his by hand. I'll start programming with CNC and we'll see who finishes first. Yeah, we'll say go and see what happens.
0: <laughs> for some reason I thought you were going to say I should come over and do the programming. Like why But would... <laughs> never. <No. laughs>
1: yes, Shannon. I'll do
0: it entirely by hand. I'll do just nothing but hand coded. Yeah. <laughs> there you
1: go. <laughs> no copy really sure or paste for means. this guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I uh, hand code all my HTML. So that's yeah. right. point. Well, anyway, there you go. This, uh, this next one comes from St. Nixter. He says, as a person with too much commute time and not enough shop time, I think way too hard about stuff that doesn't really matter. But Then again, people like to fight over stuff that doesn't matter. Case in point, dowels versus floating tenons, biscuits versus splines. Why the stink? Aren't they effectively the same thing or at least uh, at the very least accomplishing the same thing? Dominoes just seem like big dowels made from better wood. Same with <laughs> blinds and biscuits. All right. I, uh, I disagree there, St. Nixter. Um, dowels around floating tenons generally are square or rectangular. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have um, a, a dowel can twist. And even though you maybe you can put two dowels side by side, you're still the the joint itself can rotate. So that always, that, that rotate ability will always be there. Even if there's a dowel kind of an inch over or a half an inch over from it, you could still slightly twist it. The flex, flex, flexure, I don't know, flexibility of the wood (laughs) will allow that to, to twist. Whereas when you take say a a domino or just a a floating tendon that you've made, you've got that, you know, rectangular aspect that's going to prevent twisting plus, um, and this is where I think, um the biscuits and spline thing comes into play is generally a spline is going to have square edges to it. It's going to come to like a 90 degree corner, which is going to give you just a little bit more tooth, a little bit more bite and resistance than like a biscuit, which has, you know, the rounded edges um, that just kind of the little football that just slots in there. And all they really do is line things up, but the the board can actually slide back and forth. Um, So, Each one of those is going to offer just a little bit more reference surface and a little bit more resistance to that twisting and that flex that you might get from a round or rounded spline uh, or round dowel. So I I do think they're absolutely better, kind of an evolution of that joinery method.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think to his point, the whole – like. Uh, why the stink right then I think that's Uh where some people come in with that perspective I think that's going to happen anytime you get into an area of interest where people care like people really care like they and I mean like they geek out on this stuff enough to research it and learn more about it and the deeper you get into anything any kind of hobby um, you're gonna find this sort of attitude of this versus that, and this is better than that, and these opinions that come about. So I just think it's a matter of um, it's sort of a byproduct of passion about a topic, um, and, and why, that's why the stink. You know, and what, in some cases it isn't that big of a deal, and we make a big deal because we've got nothing better to do. But you know, <laughs> there are certainly, as Shannon laid out, there are some justifiable differences between these things that do make a difference. Um, but overall, I mean, I kind of agree with them and I, I can be the cause of some of this stuff as well. But sometimes I like to sit back and just look around and go, what What are we all like? Why the argument? What's what? these silly things that we just- <laughs> Why can't we, we all doing? just get along? Exactly, yeah. What's with, why are we so divisive as a group of woodworkers? Um, but anyway, There's
0: more important things to disagree over. Yes, absolutely. Like, like whether or not Matt should turn his- Bandsaw into a CNC. That's true.
2: Some very important things. I don't know. It's up for debate, but all right. Well, (laughs) it is now. It is now. (laughs) You brought it up. So, right.
1: Matt's giant (laughs) CNC.com. Ah, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Another one. Oh, man. I got to start a domain business.
2: You guys say like a domain affiliate links? like
1: <laughs> Maybe to? that's what it is. We should get some <laughs> affiliate links, Shannon. Here we go. <laughs> Make a few bucks off of this. Uh, uh, okay. Well, we have an extra show coming up for our $4 patrons where we're going to discuss some things. We're going to discuss uh, using solid wood for an assembly table. Is that a good idea? Bad idea? Smart? Stupid? We'll find out. Uh, you can support the show if I you doubt want to. we'll find out. No, we won't. We <laughs> may just be as, as maybe more confused than we were when we started. Oh, uh. Uh, If you want to support the show, you can. You could set up a recurring donation in the form of a Patreon donation. It's a monthly way to support us. Uh, Very small amounts, but you get a little uh, something in return and it helps out the show. We appreciate it. And we'll read your name at the top of the show as well. You can get yourself a Wood Talk t-shirt at twwstore.com, or leave us a review in iTunes. Just look us up in the store. Click on ratings and reviews and give us a five-star rating. Four is acceptable. Three, don't bother. Just uh, (laughs) move along. Go on to the next podcast. And um, well, Shannon, how about you give them the contact info and we'll get out of here.
0: Okay. If you have stuff and things to, to tell us, there are a bunch of different ways to do it. You can leave a voicemail on Skype. Uh, username there is Wood Talk Online. You can call us at 623-242-5180. You can use our contact form at woodtalkshow.com slash contact or just Go to the website to this episode and leave a comment there. We will uh,
1: read it and and respond to it and all that stuff. So. Yeah. All right. That's very good. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time.
2: Hmm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs>